You're listening to the 108 Bricks Podcast. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at 108BricksPod and also use the hashtag 108Bricks to get involved with each show. Also, be sure to give us a like on Facebook, 108 Bricks Podcast, and get involved with all of our conversations during the show. How's it going, everybody? We are back with another episode of the 108 Bricks Podcast. I am Curtis Koch. And I am Dylan Buckwhite. Um, it's been a little bit. We we said we were going to stick to a schedule, and we kind of um, botched that. But it's been, a, it's been a busy few weeks for us. And, you know, frankly, it's been a f- busy few weeks for the Cubs um, as well as the second half of the season, um, especially following up the trade deadline, I, I think we could be described as better than expected from yeah. this team. And, uh, and I think this is the second half in general, Dylan, we've been seeing some um, not, we've been seeing com- some good and competitive baseball from this team. I think better than what we both thought we were going to see. Um, we'll get to that in, into that in a little bit, but um, I think even more so, I, I think we're starting to see um, just how good some of these young Cubs arms have been just recently. And even more so, we're seeing a lot of progress in the minors that um, could be encouraging in the next, I would say, two to three years. Um, And we might have a competitive team in the next couple of years by then. Who knows? We'll have to hopefully cross that bridge when we get there. But it'll be nonetheless an interesting offseason for the Cubs. We'll get into that, too, on this episode. But um, I think a big portion of it is going to be on the pitching side of it, this kind of go around, because... A lot of young Cubs arms have come up through the system and um, a lot more to come. too. Yeah, there's still a lot more to come. And on top of that, too, you still have a lot of good big name bats in that farm system that could make an impact at some point down the road, including a lot of outfield arms and bats, too. Um, And free agency will be around the corner and the Cubs have been linked to some big name free agents. So who knows what will come around the offseason. But Dylan, how are you? How has Cubs baseball been treating your eyes uh, over the last couple of weeks? Um, I mean, it's been fun for the most part. Um, and we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording and how it's kind of getting to that time of the year where this type of baseball is getting a, a little less fun to watch given the the kind of state of the season and, and all the other things that are going around in the league. It's kind of hard to prioritize a game that frankly, doesn't really matter too much in terms of the standings and being competitive. But at the end of the day, I when, you, when you're watching the Cubs games and, and you're seeing what's going on and you, you kind of hinted on it earlier, especially with the pitching, it's been really fun. Um, in a time where the Cubs got rid of a lot of guys and, and I think we're even being criticized right off the bat for the Zach Efros trade because um, it was a guy who was young who they have control, we immediately now start to see some potential returns from it um, with um, Hayden Wisniewski having his um, second uh, starting appearance there through an immaculate inning um, as part of it, which is nine pitches, all strikes um, and struck out the side with it um, and putting up another quality start as part of his major league career. And so it's pretty cool to see um, a young guy like that come in. It's, 
it was a guy who was actually really hyped up. He has probably one of the nastiest sliders uh, on the team right now. And it's it's really fun to kind of see a guy like that come in and it's a pretty low expectation setting and but you're getting real major league experience and so it was kind of that perfect fit for a guy like him to really make his appearance and and we kind of knew it was coming with the rosters expanding he came up a little early um with um, some injuries um happening to the team but it's fun um it's starting to kind of suggest that the future success might be sooner than we think um but also at the same time taming expectations because i still think at the end of the day we really have no idea what's going to be happening with this team we have no idea what's what's coming with this team um they could spend a lot and suddenly maybe have a team that could compete for the central next year they may not and we might be rebuilding another year it's been really vague kind of from the front office we've Mm -hmm. been getting a lot of mixed messages it it makes a lot of just any sort of conversation about the team difficult because a lot of people don't know the things that we can see is the fact that they have stockpiled a lot of pitchers the fact that they have a lot of really good top outfield talent out there and the fact that like if you if you're following the team if you're looking at the cubs really on paper and you're kind of trying to get excited with it you're starting to see names like Pete Crow Armstrong a lot more. You're starting to see names um, like Brennan Davis, um, Hayden Wisniewski, um, Caleb Killian, a lot of these um, names that you're going to be seeing on the main team sooner rather than later, then really kind of paying attention to a lot of the names who are playing on the field right yeah. now. But besides that, you're kind of still also looking at the team that's playing on the field right now because there are a lot of really good things to kind of pick out from there um obviously injuries has been the issue because the two names you wanted i wanted to kind of bring up was say suzuki and nico horner both injured and not playing probably now for the rest of the season but have have put together really solid seasons for themselves nico in particular come um, that that's going to be a name i think you hear a lot this offseason given the fact that he might be having to move positions if the cubs go after a a superstar um shortstop out there but has put on a close to gold gold bleh, gold glove performance there um, so far um, yeah, with the batting average to back really it up. Taken a, a big step in the right direction, and obviously it, it's hard because he's injured right now. But um, that was one of the main concerns was the fact that he he was so good defensively, but might be pushing it a little too far to the result to he is getting more injury prone. He seems to have dialed that back to make sure he's not pushing the limit completely. But at the end of the day, it's it's it, he's put together a really solid season for himself. And there's still a lot of pieces that need to fall in place. But it's nice because you have this kind of core starting to emerge from from this group that the Cubs are putting together. And we the problem is, is we don't know how long it's going to take. Right. It yeah. could be next year. It could be the year after that. It could be the year after that. We really don't know. I would love to say that this offseason is going to be telling and might reveal all. But I feel like I said that last year and we got an absolute non-answer with this crazy Marcus Stroman signing and then not much of anything else. So I'm keeping my hopes up because all signs seem to point to the Cubs wanting to spend. Um, and I think we're going to get an answer hopefully sooner rather than later on where this Cubs team is and what the direction is yeah. headed, really. So uh, I, I don't mean to 
awkwardly pivot here, but I'm I'm just scrolling through social media and I just got to have to share this kind of in the moment because it's funny. Um, so we've been talking about, you know, superstar free agents. And one of the names that I, I think would be really fun to see on the North side would be Aaron Judge, who is having just an unbelievable monster year. Um, looking on social media, he missed a walk-off home run against the Red Sox by about, I'd say, three feet from the wall. Like the center fielder is standing back against the wall to make the catch at Yankee Stadium. And the whole crowd went berserk at the beginning. And then the the catch, um, it was four to four and with uh, one out in the bottom of the ninth. And you know... (laughs) Curtis, I would say this isn't pivoting at all because it's going off exactly what I was saying and how there are so much other exciting things going on yes, in baseball. But right I mean, now. in terms of what we were watching with the Cubs, uh, I just had to, to mention that because I just thought that was so funny. And also, at the same time, Aaron Judge would, I think, should be on every team's radar. If you can afford him, you should be able to go after him. And I think, honestly, we're not I don't think we're going to see Aaron Judge signed to like an eight year deal. I think that would just be way too much. I think we would see Judge sign like a a, a four year two hundred and fifty million dollar deal. I don't think we're going to see these long gated contracts that like um, like a Jason Hayward type contract or a Giancarlo Stanton type contract where there's massive money, but it's over you know a longer period of time. I think we could see Judge making like forty, fifty million dollars a season, and that's just unreal. Yeah, and and I wonder if that is something that would fit into the new scheme that the Cubs are are trying to put together. Because I think you look back and you're starting to see things fall into place here and there. You're starting to see a little bit of shimmer of light at the end of the tunnel with it. And it makes you start to look back a bit because you look to see and you compare it to some the feelings of like 2013 and 2014, um, right? Um, what's yeah. interesting, though, is like that time the Cubs were really, really bad. Um, and you were seeing these draft picks come into place versus now where you're starting to see these pitching prospects come in. And you're starting to see guys and a rotation look very, very good as well as a bullpen to kind of back it up. And then now you're like, okay, how do we keep this going? Right. We're going to potentially start to have this bullpen that can pitch really well. What's going to one get us to the World Series um, and hopefully win it. But how do you then keep getting to the world series? Because that's what's what went wrong from there. And it might be some of those long contracts. The fact that they sunk so much money into a guy like Jason Hayward and had to then dump a bunch of prospects to maybe try to build guys around that window um, that they had. And then it sunk kind of the future uh, of the team with it. So it's like, maybe you start doing these bigger 40, $50 million contracts for a guy like Aaron judge yeah. um, or a Trey Turner or, or something like that. And you put that money out there and you say, listen, like we got this kind of this talent coming in here. It might be bad for the first year, but then we got a bunch of more years coming up that we can compete. And if it works out, then we'll put together a better contract again for the future. And and that's the thing. And if not build on whoever is available, because then you'll have money to spend again. Well, that's the thing because players want to win, right? That's Mm -hmm. the whole point. If, If you get a shorter term deal with a lot of money, you might be taking a risk going to a team that 
has something to prove. But if they don't prove out anything, you're not, it's not like your, your career is locked onto that losing team. And then it becomes much more difficult for you to try to win a championship. If you're an Aaron judge and you sign a a three-year deal with the Cubs or a four-year deal with the Cubs for $50 million a season, you can have it negotiated where, all right, if we're not good after year two, um, I'm opting out. I want to go to a winning team. And he, he could have every right to do that. And the, the Cubs might look at it as a good opportunity because if, if they're not in a position to um, compete in two or three years from now, if they were to hypothetically sign him, um, they would get that money off the books and then they can go ahead and use those resources elsewhere. Um, But speaking of the rebuild though, Dylan, I'm curious as to what you think of the rebuilding around pitching this time around because ever since they brought in Carter Hawkins, um, that has been a huge focus. And we've been talking a lot about um, the pitching with um, Hayden Wes- uh, Wesniski and um, Justin Steele and um, uh, Keegan uh, Thompson. Keegan Thompson, yes, thank you. And a couple others that have come up through the, the team that have been p- pitching really, really well. Um, Hayden Wesniski to me has been the one that's been really impressive. And the one guy um that we've talked about before i just said his name carter hawkins um i didn't (laughs) think we'd see such an immediate impact in year one of his pitching um philosophy as we have but um it's interesting because with with theo and jed it was built around we're going to develop hitting prospects and we can save the money in our budget to buy the pitching they they went out and signed john lester they went out and signed a john lackey um, they went out and uh, re-signed Jason Hamill. Um, they went out and signed the the necessary things to keep Pedro Strope, you know, um, and that sort of thing. They extended Kyle Hendricks's contract. Um, they they used those resources to the pitching side of it, and they had all this homegrown talent in Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, etc. And now it's the reverse philosophy where you do have some hitting prospects in your. Um, in your farm system, but I think they're still a little bit a ways away and they're rebuilding around this young core of pitchers. And I'm interested to see how it'll pan out, but they're going to be willing to spend the money on the bats. And that to me is interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, you know, it's going to make it more interesting too, Curtis. Cause I think um, there's a chance they might spend money on pitching as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but, because but my point is not as much as it's no, definitely cast. not as much. Um, it, it's going to be interesting because there's a chance they might pick up a, a veteran arm, right? You might go out and get a Jacob Degrom. You might go out and get a Justin Verlander, um, someone to kind of be that number one ace with it. Um, but other than that, it, it's interesting to kind of see the approach that's being taken. Um, and I feel like. At this point, I want to kind of say hats off to to Jed for this um, because and I feel Carter, like Carter too. Yeah, the, the well, pitching has so been great. here's the thing: I, I say hats off to Jed for bringing in a guy like Carter because I think he recognized kind of the state of what the team was in and understood the strengths of what Carter Hawkins brought in, mm-hmm. and this is the result, right? I think they have this stockpile of pitching that's might or might not be major league ready but like really high potential and you have a team that has absolutely no pressure 
to to go out there and 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 really feel like you're in that high octane situation to win games obviously you want to go out there and win games but you have a result of being able to get guys who really have no pressure to develop at a speedy rate because going in the mlb and getting that experience is part of like kind of that development now right they're not getting called up and expected to throw gas and get guys out immediately um obviously like that that's the general expectation but there isn't a playoff pressure there isn't that time where you can you can doubt a lot of things and obviously these guys are are always are always working on their stuff but there is a little bit of that pressure taken away because the cubs team be honest they're not competing and if you don't have that that pressure of kind of being the best you have that now goal of working to get there and living in that environment and i think the cubs are hopefully trying to do that by getting a lot of these guys the mlb experience and and getting them through the system and and developing developing them properly with it i think that's kind of what the current cubs situation is playing to the strengths of what their plan is and so hopefully we can see more success from it. Hopefully they can find some guys who are that that young next generation of pitching that that has, has some nasty stuff. And then you back that up with veteran pitchers of Kyle Hendricks, Marcus Stroman, uh, and maybe then a DeGrom and Verlander. You're, you're starting to look at a pretty nasty rotation with yeah. an equally nasty bullpen. Um from there if you got money to spend then then go for it right go get some players to to hit get some power you have some outfielders maybe coming up in the future so maybe sign up that that four or five year deal because you know you got these pitching you know you got these nasty amount of pitchers um just fill in the blanks and if you're you got the guys uh, who are looking to win and given that the free agent market i think is trending towards a lot more position players um being open on the market versus high-end pitchers it kind of works to what the Cubs want to do. Um, and then you, you still look at it from here and it's like a, they have almost a four to five year window. I, I don't want to call it a window, but this kind of feed, uh, I guess, of of talent that's that's going to be major league ready. And so they have yeah. the, this way of kind of making sure they're getting their time they need there. Um, and, and I don't know. It's fun to see. Um it's it's interesting to to be really kind of dead set and focused on the farm systems again um and again uh, another shout out to having marquee sports at least um with it and the content around the farm because they it, it's been really fun to learn about all the different players and kind of see that upcoming talent with it but yeah it, it's fun because there's there's stuff coming on the horizon. We don't really know what's going to happen still, but there seems to be a lot of moves that could be made that can all just greatly benefit the team. Well, and on top of that too, you have you have this outlook now where you finally kind of get a sense of the direction that the organization's going. Um I think the I think when you mentioned this offseason when they signed Stroman and and say a Suzuki, you're kind of like, oh, okay, so they're they have a couple of pieces, but you weren't really convinced it was enough to to make it to a point where this team was legitimately good enough to to be a playoff team. And now that the now that they've had this sort of year, which when you look at the rest of the Major League Baseball standings, um, I, I think the Cubs they're going to have a top fifteen pick 
Um, but at the beginning of the year, you really wanted him to to tank because you wanted him to get a top five pick at least. And it's not yeah. looking that way now, um, given the way that the the baseball world has gone off with the athletics having 55 wins, the Tigers having 57 wins. And the Cubs um, almost played 500 baseball after the all-star break. Yeah. And you have the nationals with 52 wins. They're probably going to get the number one overall pick or maybe even the pirates who have 55 wins. They're really bad too. Um, it's, it's definitely interesting to see how this team has gone from where they were at the first half of the season. And then they played, like you said, 500 baseball in the second half and they played pretty decently. Um, I I guess I want to get one more question about this before we kind of move on to our next little topic here. What have your thoughts been Dylan about, about um, David Ross and his year as a manager? I mean, there's not much to really to say about it. I, I think it's a, he got an extension well-deserved heading into this season. And he's just kind of, I think still showing why that it's well-deserved. Um, kind of sort of to play off what I said before, where how the Cubs just kind of have this, this system of just kind of like helping guys kind of slowly develop or really develop and, and play in the majors. Yeah. David Ross kind of feels like the base of that. Um, I think it helps that he's a catcher, right? I think mm-hmm. it helps that he's a guy who knows. I mean, he's essentially knows how to interact with every single time, ball player on the field during that time, whether yeah. it's and like you've seen that even interactions before when he was a catcher with even with Anthony Rizzo as a mentor. And like, I think that's the type of guy you want right now at the helm. And it's hard to criticize him because, I mean, the Cubs are playing well. I mean, they, they've been 30 and 28 since the All-Star break. Yeah. What more can you want from a team of this caliber? I mean, you go back to when we we first recorded our, our season um, predictions. I, I was saying best case scenario is you have a close to 500 team. And that's kind of what happened once that once the All-Star, once the trade deadline um, hit or the All-Star game hit with it. Um, you they hit that midway waypoint and just kind of took off from there. I think like it, it was a little sketchy around the trade deadline, but since then they've been playing fun baseball. And yeah, right now that's kind of all you want, and you see that potential. And I think you're gonna start to see the true test for David Ross in, in the coming years. I, I think he's done everything to deserve a chance to compete. Yeah, and and so that's all you could really want. And so far, he's slowly helped raise the bar of expectations for this team and raise the level of play. Um, but also seeming like the the environment with that team is one of being welcoming and, and being able to help these players develop and be successful and eventually win. They all want to win at the end of the day. Yeah, and exactly. so I was just curious fun. because I, I think I think there's been some instances of I I should have before I say this I probably should have maybe taken notes of examples but um that's there have been some examples where I I felt that he has maybe mismanaged a few times um he I has some uh, bullpen management to learn yeah but I I understand he's got a unique situation of a rebuild and he's got a lot of young arms I I get that um but it still comes down to winner winning or losing. 
and you feel more encouraged about your team's future and performance when your team wins and you're seeing young guys like the pitching staff we've mentioned all this episode play well and pitch well. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I th- I'd be interested to see what happens next year with him as a manager. If the Cubs do spend big in free agency, if they do yeah. get some, some big names on the roster and they turn things around a little bit and then they maybe might compete for a wild card spot. I'd be interested to see how he would handle that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, especially with the, the expanded playoffs, like you, you can you can have an all right yeah. team and look to put something together. Um, yeah. Whether and, you want to try to go for an all right team, I don't know. Yeah, right? and like, I th- I think the I think there will be a little bit more, at least here in Chicago, of a focus as to how a manager impacts the performance of a team. And I think I'm not calling him Tony Larusa, but when you look at the White Sox this past year, <laughs> oh, gosh, and their struggles. Not only had they had the injury struggles. But they had so many different blunders. Granted, again, some of them were from the manager himself, from Tony walking guys intentionally with a one-two count or um, having his players lose focus and do into a, a an outfield fly out, turning into a triple play against them. Um, there's been a lot of examples on that White Sox team that they just – they lacked the baseball intelligence that they had the year before when they won a lot of games and the year before that, when um, before Tony Larissa became the manager. And I think when you look at that, even when you look at the white Sox, when Tony has stepped away and when Miguel Cairo has been the bench coach and been managing the team, the, the white Sox look different. They're still struggling. They can't, I don't think they're going to make the, the central or make the playoffs, but the, the fact that, they have had their struggles to that core. And I get it. They have had other external factors, not just Tony LaRusa, but the, the main focus this year for the White Sox and outlier for a lot of their struggles has been kind of on Tony LaRusa. And again, I'm not saying David Ross is the next is the Cubs version of Tony LaRusa. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is, is that the, the focus on how he manages this team that conversation losing, will need to be made sooner, yes. probably rather than later. Correct. Yes. And I think if, if they're going to cash in and go for it next year, I think next year will be a bit of a pivotal year for David Ross to see of how he manages a roster that has a big chunk of payroll on it. That has some young arms in it. Um, that has some veteran presence in it. Again, I, I think there's going to be a lot of, um, uh, pulleys and levers for him to to mess with when it comes to this sort of thing. And I, it'll be interesting to see how that all kind of pans out. But um, I'm interested to see how David Ross goes as a manager into next year. And I'm interested to see, depending on, again, how they do next year, how he manages. And are, if we're going to be looking at this come this time next year, are we going to be looking at David Ross has to be the manager going forward? Or eh, is there somebody else out there that maybe we can that we could tap into that might be a better fit. Curtis bringing up the manager question early. I, you know, it's funny out of every, no, it's a, it's a very good question to ask. It's just not. Yeah. I mean, with everything that's going on, it's, it's not something that you, a lot of people necessarily think about, especially because like he kind of, you right. He got that extension. It's kind of just set and forget. It's like, Oh, cool. David Ross is the manager and he's doing his thing, but yeah, I mean, it's good points, but it also still plays on that. Like, what if factor yeah. um and i think 
if you're playing the hand that's in front right now, he deserves a chance to compete. And I think that's kind of the main, the main point with that. And it's like, once, once you get that chance to compete, how many, how many chances do you you get? And he had a little bit of that in 2020, right? When, when granted it was a pandemic season, but when the, when the Cubs went to the playoffs against the Marlins that year, um, in that pandemic season, the team won the division. They went into the playoffs and they lost. They got swept by the Marlins, but nonetheless, they were still um, a team that he managed in the playoffs. And I don't put any of the playoff loss blame on Joe Ma- on Joe Madden on David Ross <laughs> because of that. the The offense just struggled, and we we had those discussions then. Um, but now, um, it's been pretty interesting to see how it's kind of come a little bit more full circle for him. I guess we'll kind of see, like I said, how it comes, how it becomes and plays out in the years to come. But I, I, I just think it's something to kind of keep your eye out. I, I get it. There have been worse managers that have had a lot of success. Um, I, I think of the Royals in 2015 with Ned Yost when they won the world series that year. And when they went to the world series against the giants the year before, and everybody, looks back at that and thinks Ned Yost wasn't the best manager, but that Royals team was special. And I I think that if, if this Cubs team is trying to get some wins and compete for a world series, they have to have somebody that's smart that can help guide these guys. And I I think David Ross is a a good candidate for that, but I think it's still something to kind of keep in mind, given the, the history of some of these managers recently. And I brought up the white Sox, but you can look across the league too of, other managers that have struggled um, and we'll just kind of have to see how that plays out when it come when a uh, push comes to shove. Yeah. I mean, we're still in the waiting game, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and so who knows how long we're going to be waiting and, and how it's going to be, but it's, it's getting close. The end of the season is just around the corner. My guess is by the time we record again, it's probably going to be our, our end of season kind of roundup, see what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, not many games left. Um, about six or so home games left. Yeah. So if you want to go see the team and enjoy your last little bits of uh, Wrigley Field, um, now's your chance. Although it's gonna be cold, uh, <laughs> your your chance for Warren Baseball, I think, m- might be done. Um, you're, we're now in fall weather again, so uh, get your layers, get ready to go. Um, let us know what y'all think uh, of this team this year as we kind of get ready um, to look back on 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 everything that happened in 2022 feel free to send us an email 108 bricks podcast at gmail.com follow us on basically all social just search 108 bricks podcast we'll be there um accordingly i'm on twitter at high underscore i'm underscore buck i'm on twitter at curtis k underscore radio but we'll see it's the 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 next roundup show is going to be interesting because i think if we recorded it at the midway of the year, we would have had a lot different opinions. Yes. And there's still some baseball left to be played. There's still some things left to be seen, I think, from this team. So it'll be fun. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time.